0: All right, you're listening to the Green Majority Bonus Show. Thank you so much for listening. The bonus show this week, uh, I sort of had a last-minute shift. Uh, I may bump my other topic uh, from that I had for this week, which is about uh, journalism, which, of course, it was International Journalism Week last week, but bumped it for something else, which I felt a little bit more directly uh, related, believe it or not, uh, at least more, uh, I think, more discussion-oriented uh, for considering our guests this week, was about the terrifying viruses that are waking up in the Arctic permafrost. So I hope you'll enjoy that. If you can become a member and to support this program, you can do this. We can continue to have even more well put together bonus shows as well as our main show, perhaps get some special guests in just for, for the bonus show to have, uh, even more interesting discussions would be great. We can do all that with your membership, which you can sign up and be a member at patreon.com, P A T R E O N. Dot com slash green majority sign up, be a member five or 10 bucks would be great. If all you got's a dollar, we'll take it, uh, available, uh, Memberships start at just as low as a dollar. Recommended $5 would be great if you can. Other than that, I will not take any more of your time. Keep you from your long-awaited bonus show. Enjoy. Enjoy. Okay, we're now in the bonus show. This is the Green Majority bonus show now being released on Mondays. Let us know what you think of the change. Uh, gives me a little bit more free time on my Friday, so uh, I appreciate it. <laughs> um, so what we're going to talk about a little bit here is, as usual, in, bo- in tr- bonus show tradition, uh, the conversation will be even more meandery and topic uh, uh, indecisive as as the main show. Uh, what we're going to start, however, is... If you weren't freaked out by Stefan on the main show this week, uh, yet a, another set of reasons to be concerned about climate change. This is one that does does get mentioned, but uh, but really doesn't um, grab the most headlines, I would say. But it's I mean, it's not new information. There's just a, a very recent article out on the BBC uh, from uh, obviously the UK Um talking about uh diseases so the title of the article is there are diseases hidden in the ice and they're waking up and essentially what this is is that um so pathogens i'm not a virologist uh, uh or even a biologist i don't even have a hard science degree but boy am i a science enthusiast but i do know just enough uh that i probably could give a half decent for a bad definition of schrodinger's cat dilemma uh but aside from that we won't do that now i'm just saying Uh, but also the idea is that uh, viruses occupy this very funny space where depending on what biologist you talk to and this may be old information but based on my reading from a few years ago uh, was that depending on what definition of alive you're using they don't necessarily cleanly fit into that category now that's a whole other topic but it it has to do with the way that they function but particularly the the way that that uh, relates to this conversation is that let's just say they're very hearty so they can essentially go dormant uh, various pathways specifically viruses are very good at doing this uh, One thing I remember from a, a documentary I watched years ago is that you know if you're sick, and you're a little bit phlegmy and you like spit in the street. It was an argument for not spitting in the street. But what happens is the, the, the bacteria in the vi- if, if it depending on what pathogen it is or if it's some type of virus, it can potentially go dormant in the street because it is nothing. But it could sit there for 20 years. Uh, snow could go over three times and then eventually, you know, the, the dust particles of, gra- of gravel that it was in get blown into the air, get blown into a new person's mouth and make someone sick with the same thing from that same person like 20 years later. Right. So viruses and pathogens are, are very uh, they're not easy to wipe out. They're easy to easy to control in certain situations where you have certain technology and whatnot. But they're they're tricky. And this creates a very long-term problem because we're not talking about someone spitting in the street for 20 years. We're talking about tens of thousands of, or perhaps even millions of years, uh, things being trapped in Arctic permafrost, diseases that, that humans who have only been allowed for roughly 250,000 years uh, you know, in any form, depending on, again, your definition of humans, uh, have never come in contact with. So modern humans have absolutely, potentially no defenses against these things whatsoever. Um, And it's just sort of adds to the pile of things to be concerned about climate change. If you've been watching uh, any news at all for the last week, you may have noticed we didn't talk about on the show last week, but um, it was in the news was this growing and and quite alarming crack. Uh, Stefan, maybe you'll correct me here. Is it the Antarctic ice sheet? Uh, Do you know what the one I'm talking about? Uh, I remember it, but I I'm not All gonna. right, Stefan's going to Google it quickly or something, All right. uh, just so I get my information accurate. But generally speaking, uh, this is not a theoretical future problem. We know that this stuff is there because the uh, biological matter fossils and whatnot are Antarctic there. Antarctic. Uh, and we know that the thing that could release them, i.e. the melting is coming Now, of course, the melting has all sorts of impacts for runaway climate change, and has to do with the, reflex, uh, the reflectivity uh, of the uh, ice uh, impacting, so of course, ice will reflect sunlight instead of whatever. So there's all those direct feedback loops and all those concerns. We've talked about that ad nauseum on this program. If you're a new listener, just go back and listen to episodes. What we're talking to you about today, though, is that meanwhile, if anyone's a fan of uh, uh, some old BBC uh, cartoons, um, meanwhile. It could very well happen that we never see climate change because we all get sick with some prehistoric, you know, super cold in the meantime. And so it's 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 not a thing. I'm not saying that because I'm trying to concern you. I'm not even saying that because I, I know what to do about it. I don't aside from stopping climate change. But it just I think it just really when I read stuff like this and, and this is where I'll sort of throw it out to the to the panel here is that when I read stuff like this, it it's the sort of thing that makes me pause because, you know, I'm. Despite my sort of sarcastic uh, cynicism and my my you know self described uh, sort of rea- realistic outlook of of you know just sort of being a realist uh, of the information, I still sort of feel like some of us will scrape through. You know, there probably will be devastation, and and I, I hope that in the same way that the, those. Trump voters who I really hope have changed their mind but there is a segment of Trump voters who are like yeah we know he's a Molotov cocktail but you know sometimes you need to the forest has to burn before the new growth can come through and there was a lot of that sort of thing like people voting for Trump because they knew he was going to burn the place down and they figured that was the only way to fix everything was to burn everything down first Um, but I do sort of feel like that way like climate change isn't going to wipe us out it's going to it's going to make the life very, very challenging and whatnot but it's not going to wipe us out uh, there's a way to get through this. We might even get through it semi-okay. It's possible. It's not impossible, uh, even, if it's, if, even if it's a life that w- none of us will recognize uh, as far as how humans make their way about this earth. And then I read something about viruses waking up from the prehistoric uh, age, and I go, oh, shit, maybe not. What do you think, Chris?
1: Yeah, <clears throat> I mean, I think the point for me is it's very interesting. I hadn't heard about this before, but it's uh, certainly frightening. It seems to me that uh, it, it speaks to the challenges uh, that face us with something that's so complex as chi- climate change that we don't, you know, every time I hear something new, it seems that the, the results that we're getting after we do all the modeling are worse than we expected. Um, and I think, you know, we were just talking about launching sulfur into the atmosphere and how that might work. And, um, you know, it, it gets more and more extreme, but we don't know the impacts that that's going to have. We can't foresee. We're not, I mean, I do some modeling in, in the work I do, and models are great. If you look at them as a tool and they're only going to tell you certain uh, certain things, you can't take it as that it's not predicting the future. We don't know it, you know, and we don't know how all these different things are, that are happening are going to manifest themselves through other things. And so this virus example is a really good one of that. It speaks to the importance of uh, of arresting climate change as quickly as possible. Um uh, you know, it's it's very frightening, and I know it's very frightening. But I think it's it's frightening in ways that we don't actually. The virus is just one example, but I think there's a, probably many other things that uh, would fall into that category that will end up getting us if uh, you know if the flooding doesn't you know.
0: Well, and it's and it's another th- and another way that it's interesting as far as a, an impact of climate change is like what we're looking at with climate uh, with climate change is we need to do something now to avert damage later. The damage is being done now, but we won't feel the damage from it later, and so preventing additional damage on top of that can be difficult depending on you know what the conversation you're talking about because it's does it's, it's it's difficult to visualize it's becoming easier to visualize now that we're getting more regularly you know sadly we're getting more regular visible reminders of the immediate that you know climate change is now it's not future it's just going to get worse later uh, but a virus is sort of the opposite way and not I don't mean like to, here's a different type of fear but I mean in the sense that you know as we try and pull the world together and, and pull ourselves to, to have some version of a unified front to, climb, to fight runaway uh, climate change, you know a viral outbreak of some new pathogen for which we have no defense is the opposite. And would add to that problem because, sure, maybe eventually, uh, perhaps even quickly, perhaps even only a year or two, uh, they could figure out some way to neutralize it if we're really lucky. But if there's a global pandemic that's wiping out millions of people from some completely unstoppable virus because we have no natural defense against it and it takes a while to come up with a medical concern, that will also make it harder to fight climate change. Because now we have millions of people dying in the sort of modern era equivalent of the Black Plague. Uh, it's going to make it a little bit hard to have a conversation about climate policy when people are, you know, foaming at the mouth. And yeah. so, I mean, I'm not I'm not trying to freak people out, but I mean, it's 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 compounding problem upon compounding problem, bond, compounding problem. And, and that's why I don't understand when, or why I get so sort of flippant and upset when I hear people like Brad Wall being like, well, what are we going to do? Your coal isn't going to like it's so irrelevant. <laughs> it's so irrelevant in even just sort of short term, long term. Uh, much less long term, long term compared to the problem that you just have to assume these people are either insane, evil, or really, really stupid. And I, I, I realize that's not fair, but that's just how I feel.
2: And and I don't even think we need to wait for this crazy virus to see the effects of environmental pollutants and endocrine disruptors that are that that those are having on our on like the world's population, especially people that live near, for example, the tar sands. Or, or near industrial industrial areas, like the, the, the increase in cancer rates. A lot of people are, 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 if you live in agricultural areas when there's a lot of pesticide spraying, um, increasing reproductive issues, um, non-communicable diseases, we don't need some crazy prehistoric virus to come from like 2 million years ago. It's happening right now. It's just that because we've we've become desensitized to it like it's it's so much more normal to to just say yeah one in three people are going to get cancer in their lifetime um what the hell like like why like why and people are just completely fine with that or are just used to it because that's that's just what, what we've been told and it, we i think that like If we really look at what's actually happening and we start to really, really think about it in terms of looking at the specific areas and how environmental degradation, climate change, anything that affects the environment does affect us as well, then we don't really need to look far or in the past or in the future. We can just look right now and see, oh, shit, like (laughs) we're... (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah. All right. So Stefan's been and fairly quiet uh, here. I'm going to I'm going to give you somewhat of the last word. I may throw something else in there. But uh, but, you know, I don't I feel like you, you know, there's not much more to say about the scariness of that. But like, does yeah. that I don't know. Do you think this is the, like, is this the type of information we talked last week about how people. Uh, you know, science changed people's minds. Do you think it's possible that by talking more about this type of thing, that this would be quote unquote scarier?
3: I think what changes people's minds or what'd be the most effective part of this. And then I have two, actually I have three complete side notes, uh, to throw into this conversation, which have nothing to do with this conversation. Do. Yeah. They're going to be all great. Um, but the thing that I actually will change minds or the thing that I think is most important to, co- to, to note here is the fact that this is what happens at two degrees approximately yeah this is uh, if we're lucky it's what happens at two degrees if we're unlucky it's what happens at 1.7 um and the fact that i think it's i think we haven't done necessarily a fa- the greatest job of educating the public about why two degrees is the number chosen by the international community um i don't think people will fully understand the fact that the reason that number was chosen is because that's when we start to lose control of this scenario right uh that's when that's when mitigation stops really making sense um, because as just once this methane is released, even if there are you know no terrifying diseases, that's when the methane starts coming, and that's when that, that's when we really lose control. Um, and so that's the part of me that I, that's the thing that I think we need to find a better way of communicating uh, is that little piece of like no this is why like two degrees isn't just a compromise we chose out of thin air two degrees is like the closest we came to to understanding when we could still potentially go back and have a functioning world
0: one because of the delay effect for all we know it was one degrees and we've already passed it right and that's something that you know we, we talk about whenever we talk about the the ipcc reports those ipcc reports are created based on consensus model which means essentially the lowest common denominator wins it's what you can get everybody to agree to and so that means if you have somebody in a room who says okay we're in trouble uh, uh you know two degrees, uh, one point four degrees, whatever. So the most conservative estimate, and in this case, it would be the highest number, uh, is the one that gets published. But that's and that's the one that everybody talks about. But it's inti- like that's saying, you know, you have a a, a one in thirty chance of you know being shot if you leave the house today but that was actually one of 10 estimates and one of the estimates was you you know you have a 100 percent chance because i'm standing outside your house with a gun <laughs> uh, but they don't talk about one that one i mean that's you know that that's important information but the only thing you know as scary as all these numbers are and that's it's worth reminding people and, and even an audience which is probably familiar with much of this information uh, is that all of the numbers you hear the two degrees is the 1.5 degrees is the certain parts per million these are all fingers crossed let's you know let's get i'm feeling lucky today uh best guesses that are the op- most optimistic of all the guesses that were submitted. Um, it's just worth remembering that's worth keeping that in mind. Yeah, you know, when uh, someone says, "Oh, don't worry," you know, the threshold is two, but we think we can keep it to one point nine. You should not be comforted so, yeah, by that yeah, at yeah, let's all.
3: Give ourselves some bit of leeway. Uh, so the three other pieces of information. One is something that I wasn't able to mention on uh, on the actual ratio. I was hoping to uh, give a shout out to a. If you are in the Toronto area and get this on Monday, on Friday, you get the opportunity to go listen to a a a talk uh, from a man with the Order of Canada named Mark Cullen. I'm going to be sure if that's the exact name. Uh, friend of the show, uh, not Mark Cullen himself, the person putting this on. Uh, I'm sure Mark is lovely. I just have never met him, so I can't say that. Uh, to celebrate gardening in Canada and enjoy a breakfast with Mark Cullen on Friday, February 12th at the Toronto Bot- Botanical Garden. Check that out. But the second piece of information, which is much more sad, is that, <laughs> uh, you know, not a single person from Nottingham has listened to last week's bonus show. Oh. Not yet. Uh, not yet. So I'm still waiting for that. Um, the <laughs> Nottingham got a ton of call, ton of praise. So if you're the person who listens to our show in Nottingham, United you know, UK, okay, go back and listen to last week's show because we talk about you a lot.
0: They we they can now say with with confidence and with accuracy that they're now the internationally acclaimed. Nottingham.
3: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, um, and no, some. However, uh, a place that uh, that did get some bonus show love last week um, is a place called from Ashburn, Virginia. Oh yeah. Uh, so I and you know Ashburn, Virginia has a has a population of only forty three thousand people. So as for number wise, we're doing pretty good. We have got three listens from Ashburn, Virginia. Wow. Uh, and, and and so thank you, Ashburn. Um I would tell you something about your news uh but I have to find that. So let's see let's see what's going on in Ashburn. Live on the Bonus Show. Live on the Bonus Show. Uh apparently they have a place called patch.com which tells you news about about it. Um and uh let's go with the most interesting one. Man, these are weird and sad. I'm sorry Ashburn. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm gonna try. Find, I'm gonna try. Find, I'm gonna go to Pat, man, Patch.com. Why is Patch.com? I'm gonna go Loud Times. There you like go. A loud and Mirror. That
0: sounds more uh, our style,
3: style. Which may or may not be the same place. <laughs> so, um, oh yeah, it's the same place. Okay, it's great. They're, they're redistricting something? Man, guys, you guys got to – something's got to happen. <laughs> uh, oh, there's a, climate de- there's a climate march in Loudoun. There you go. Uh, which is, I guess, close to Ashburn or something. I don't actually understand why it's called Ashburn if it's Loudoun Times-Meter. Maybe Loudoun is the larger space. If you are from Ashburn, please tell me something going on in Ashburn so I will mention it on the next radio show. If you're from Nottingham, listen to last week's show because we talk
0: about you forever. <laughs> These are the important things I have to say. Yeah, and all this can all be tweeted directly to Stefan uh, <laughs> because I have enough email already. Uh, directly at Stefan, which is at Steho, S T A E H O underscore. That is correct. Uh, send it all to Stefan. And if you send it with a picture of a turtle. <laughs> Bonus points. I, 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 yeah, gotta send me a turtle. I might not even
3: respond if you don't. Also, Newbury, Massachusetts, uh, was the other one I was going to give a shout out to, but I reasoned they only listen to the radio show uh, mm. and not and not the bonus show, so I decided not to do that. Uh, and I do know something about Newbury, which is that their high school uh, high school baseball team just won a game, uh, and they're five and five. They're not bad. Uh, they beat a one in ten team, so perhaps they should have. But well, well done, well done, Newbury, Massachusetts. If you listen to the show, there you go. If not virginia where i at
0: all right so more uh, uh interesting uh conversations about scary funny weird maybe we'll even talk about sex robots again who knows you'll never know what's going to happen on the bonus show uh now with random shout outs to places apparently largely in the US right now so, so hey, the first one was in nottingham that's the uk ah well today anyway today was the us because one of these you know we're waiting to hear from hmm. a small town in halifax
3: Oh, we got some, we, we have some, If you order, like oh, we, we have some Canadian ones. Me. I'm just kind of, I was just going to be more interested in the, uh, in the, uh, you know, the smallest Canadian town that I can find quickly. We have two listens from Murdoch, Australia. Um, uh, Steinbeck, Canada. How's that? We got one listen from someone from Steinbeck. I don't actually even know which, you, which province that is. Uh, so, if you are a listener from Steinbeck, please let me know which province you're in because we appreciate you. All right. So, Manitoba. I think.
0: Manitoba. Manitoba. <laughs> hey. That is a, you wrap that up at precisely 20 minutes, Devin. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for Chris for sticking around as My well. My pleasure. And uh, uh, you're welcome to come back anytime. Thank and you. Uh, you folks are welcome to come back every Friday. We'll be right back uh, next week. Take care. <laughs>